Welcome to Loaded Talk. I am your congressman, the third most popular candidate to ever be. I am Frank the Great. This is Loaded Talk, and along with me is... What's up, planet Earth? I'm Bean. Bean. Charlie. So, apologies in advance for anything that I sound like, any stutters in my thinking or speaking, and just my general appearance. I'm on the verge of a nice hangover. We uh, went out for dinner and... Well... We were just going to have some dinner and maybe a couple drinks. And then hundreds of bar crawl Santa hoes showed up. I mean, there's dudes, too. But there was a lot of, like, slutty Mrs. Clauses of, like, various ages and attractiveness levels. And uh, But regardless of how unattractive they might be, they made sure that all their bits and pieces were just flopping out all over the place. And apparently this was the last stop of the night because they had they started at 11 a.m. Oh, no. And they were wasted. It's like we were like we turned we were facing the water at first because it's on the beach. And then after a while, we're like, let's go on the other side of the table. Watch this stuff, you know. And uh, so, you know, sun's down. We're watching these people. Just everyone's drunk. And so at some point, you know, it's dark and you're seeing how wasted people are. You're like, God, it's got to be late, you know. Click on the phone. 745. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah this one i was sitting there and at some point this little plastic shot glass like hits my arm i'm like see did somebody just throw a shot glass at me you know and so i'm kind of looking and there's these like old guys sitting right over here and they're kind of doing this thing you know <laughs> i was like did those old guys just throw a shot glass at me and uh, and i mean they were like i mean they were probably 70 ish early 70s so kind of like in our dads or something and so I was like, I don't know. I was like, you know, it's hard to be angry at a wasted ass seventy year old, you know. And so all of a sudden, I see this one dude who's got antlers on. You know, he walks back. He's got all these little red shots. I was like, well, there he is. I was like, he's about to take a shot. I was like, if he throws that at me, <laughs> sure enough, he goes, Zoop. and I look, and I didn't catch it, but I had his other one. So I walked over. I just walked over. Put the shot glass onto his antler, you know, just like, hey, man, <laughs> I was like, I'm watching you bang your stupid bell on your wife's face. He had a cowbell. He's just banging on his wife's chair. It was so obnoxious. It's, I don't know. I just talked trash a little bit with my arm around him and all of his friends were laughing about it. And so that ended that. But uh, who takes shots like that? They took. I don't know. He was so drunk. I mean, good thing it wasn't glass. Yes, good thing it wasn't glass because that I would have been probably a little bit more upset because <laughs> I was because I was a little cranky, like the little like the the twenty something in my in myself kind of woke up a little bit where I was like, I'm gonna knock this guy out, you know? And I was like, I'm not gonna knock this guy out. Like, first of all, he's so wasted, and you know, it's just he's having a good time, and it didn't hurt me. And it's but if it was glass, I probably would have been a little bit more angry, but. uh Anyway, they he they took shot after shot oh, man. after shot, and I don't know how strong these shots were, but it was it was a night. Anyway, then of course we had to drink while we were watching the drunks. We we're like we're better than they are. <laughs> uh, so a little hair of the dog. Um, all right. Well, there's things happening in the world. We're gonna start with the most important, the most entertaining. The hero of our nation, Hunter Biden. There, of course, is an investigation going on into his tax evasion. He's facing years. So uh, Hunter Biden spent a staggering, let me move my screen, come here, staggering $872,000 on prostitutes, porn, and sex club memberships, and took, which, by the way, he got banned from the sex club. Did you hear this? Yeah. yeah. A, just did we talk about yeah, this? Yeah, I think we did. Okay. <laughs> like, how do you get banned from a sex club? I, mean, I didn't even know they existed until this story popped. And I was like, why do they have sex clubs? That's weird. <laughs> um, all right. There's him. Hunter Biden spent, uh, this is for people listening, the Daily Mail. Hunter Biden spent a staggering $870,000 on prostitutes, sex club memberships, and porn, and took out $1.6 million from cash machines and the wild spending spree. Uh, blah, 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 laid out in the tax evasion case. Uh, so this was between... So he, he spent almost $5 million on a lavish lifestyle between 2016 and 2019 while failing to pay $1.4 million in taxes in a case that leaves him facing a maximum of 17 years in prison. I'm thinking he gets 17 months of home... Home... What is it called? Home arrest? Home... 
House arrest. House arrest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. It's gonna be like this. Um. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares about his dad's presidential run? That breakdown includes six hundred eighty-three thousand on various women, as well as four hundred grand on clothing, and also spend one hundred eighty-eight thousand on adult entertainment. So real quick, one hundred eighty-eight thousand on adult entertainment does not include various women. And I don't think that includes the porn either. Uh, during that time, he was, yeah, cracking booze. Hunter's now facing two criminal trials in the middle of his father's campaign. Um, let's go to the chart, shall we, Charlie? So this is his four-year period of spending. Uh, as you see, his ATM withdrawals go from 200 grand, 500 grand, 772 grand. Two years in a row? That can't be true. No way he withdrew the exact same amount of cash two years in a row. I think they screwed that up. It's impressive if he did. Yeah, and that doesn't add up either. Because two, that'd be seven, 700 grand times three would be 2.1 million. That's his grand total, 1.6. Boom, gotcha, Daily Mail. Also, how about that for math? I just did that. I just did that. Well done. Thank you. Payments, various women. 2016, pretty, you know, 4,400 on some, on some women. I think any one of us has spent four grand on a woman in, in the course of a year. I think that's, I think we have. Then it jumps to 138,000, 383,000, then back down to a modest 156,000. Uh, let's see. He cooled his jets. <laughs> he cooled his jets, yeah. <laughs> Clothing, spent a lot. Tuition, that's my favorite part during all that. Tuition, start, tuition, education, and extracurricular, which I still don't know if that means hookers, but it starts at 117 grand, and then it steadily declines to a nice 4,000. He's like, fuck tuition. I got hookers. Uh, where's the other stuff? Insurance. Who cares? Adult entertainment. Here we go. Four grand, fifty-six grand, hundred grand, twenty-seven grand. So that yeah, that's definitely other than the women. Rehab. Same. <laughs> Seven to twenty-eight to thirty-five. I mean rehab. Okay. And then um, yeah, entertainment, which also should be hookers. Uh, but let's see. He didn't touch his IRA, so that's cool. Yeah. Look at the pic. So scroll down real quick. I'm pretty sure this picture of him with the hooker's hair pulling, I'm pretty sure this is the picture he sent to his dad. So just something to hey, Joe. think about. Yeah, Look at just, this. It was like, hey, what are you up to, son? He's just like, boom, that's what I'm up to. So let's see. Some payments are laid out in excruciating detail, including 11500 for an escort to spend just two nights with them in 2018. And actually, that doesn't sound crazy to me. I would think a hooker. I've never rented a hooker. Never paid for hooker services, I guess I should say. Um, you know, as a kid, I remember on TV shows, it made it sound like 100 bucks is what you pay a hooker. But uh, I don't think you get good hookers for $100. Probably That's, not. I think Charlie Sheen paid a lot more than that. And I would think Hunter Biden is going to be more like Charlie Sheen level hookers. So I think, you know... Two full nights for eleven grand probably sounds about right for like a nice hooker. You know? I mean he's the president's son. He's not gonna get some crappy hooker. That's an American. <laughs> but uh this is hundred hundred made uh, three thousand nine hundred and forty seven dollars in payments to M Street Management. A strip club in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> January 2018. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> M Street Management. It's like, oh, that sounds legit. He used his business line of credit to make $27,316 in payments to an online pornography website, which in total accounted for one-fifth of all of the business line of credit expenditures. He uses business line, 20% of it for a porn website or websites. Like, it's got to be more than one website, right? Payments to an online. Must have found a good one. I know. Only, <laughs> maybe it's OnlyFans. who's paying it in lots of different directions or something. Uh, he also uh, sent $1,500 in Venmo payments to an exotic dancer at a strip club that he attempted to pass off as a purchase of artwork. He's like, mm, he's like that ass is a piece of art. You know, which... I'm not even saying is wrong. Nice uh, reach. <laughs> yeah, it's a reach, but you know, nice ass, nice ass. <laughs> or uh, who cares about health and beauty supplies? Who cares about renting a Lamborghini? Look at all these hookers. All these pictures are mainly him with hookers. Um, he spent stuff on a hotel. Who cares? Airbnb. Who cares? Um, 
Let's see. So these latest allegations come as Biden's son already faces three felony charges that carry maximum combined 25 years incarceration, $250,000 fine uh, about the gun purchase. And then it's uh, his latest indictment alleges Hunter attempted to evade assessment of taxes for tax year 2018 when he filed uh, false returns on February 2020. As well as failing to file and pay his taxes, he also been accused of including false business deductions in his 2018 returns to reduce his tax bill. The defendant engaged in a four-year scheme not to pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal tax SEO for tax years 2016 through 2019. And then they just keep repeating themselves over and over again, which is something weird about this article. If you scan down there. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, they repeat it again. I don't know what's up with the Daily Mail. I think maybe he was doing crack with Hunter Biden or something. Who's the author of this? Let's see. Actually, better question. Who's the damn editor of this? Yep. Sorry, Hunter Biden's ponytail. Oh, Alice Wright. Well, Alice Wright, I'm disappointed in you. And I'm disappointed in your editor. That means a lot coming from me, random guy on the internet in America. So how about that? That's what old Hunty Poo's been up to. Um, And I just wonder, I mean... Do you actually think he's going to get a day jail time for any of this stuff? No. And I don't even agree with this gun charge. I think the gun charge should be thrown out. Like, the form, are you use, are, are you addicted to drugs to buy a gun? It's like, go to hell. Like, go to hell. Like, maybe I am. What about it? What about it? Give me my guns. I think we should all be able to have, like, machine guns and tanks. And if we want a little bumpy bump, um, you know, off the tank, Mark. That's Mark right there. I do think, though, um, did you hear about Dana Carvey's kid? No. Dana Carvey's son is uh, was like 32 or 36 or something. So, uh, But he just died of an accidental drug overdose. I think he was a, a comic as well. You know, didn't, didn't, hadn't taken off yet. Um, but, you know, you see accidental drug overdose, and the only thing I can think of is fentanyl and coke, you know, just because, I mean, comics and, you know, probably coke. Um, but, like, it makes me think it's fentanyl. But you, if... If Coke was legal, it wouldn't be any fentanyl in it, you know? And, like, that's the scariest part about, like, you know, the kids, 13, about to enter high school. Um, and, you know, some some people um, experiment a little bit with certain drugs between, like, high school and college. And it's just so different from, like, when we were there, you know? Because, like, if someone handed you, like, a Xanax or something, you pop it, worst case scenario, you fall sleepy, you know? Um, nowadays, like the likelihood that it's actually pressed by some dude who bought a pill press and it's just a dabbling of fentanyl with caking agent, like the odds are huge. The odds are huge. And like, I mean, even, even like hard drugs, like, you know, Coke and things like that, oxys, like at least back then it was just Coke and oxys, you know? And, uh, I remember like, when like ecstasy was real big before it became Molly and all that kind of stuff. Like all these drugs that people used to like party on, you'd hear about throughout high school and college. Like it's terrifying. Like I don't, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's terrifying. seems like an opportunity for somebody to create some quick at home test kits. Well, I mean, they've got the test kits. Yeah. You can buy them on Amazon. And it's one of those things you kind of think about. It's like, you know, as a parent, it's like, I do not condone you doing drugs. At the same time, like, I think that some kids are going to try some stuff. And it's just like, y'all should have a fentanyl test kit. Because, like, if you are going to try Xanax or Coke or whatever the hell, like, test it. Be confident. Be confident, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember when um, in the 90s when, like, ecstasy was real big and some people were, like, ODing because it was cut weird. I forget what made it not clean. I don't think it was just heroin because some of them just had heroin in them, you know, but um, the brown spots. But uh, but they had all those ecstasy testing services where like you can send it off and they test it for free and be like, no, nah, it's safe. You can take it. It's not going to kill you. I don't remember what was in those that was killing people. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, why did I bring that up? I don't know. Hunter Biden, I guess. But that was, I think, the most important thing that's happened this week because uh, obviously the president's son um, has the same rules that we all have to follow by. The government's very important, very interested in making sure we all 
follow the same rules and get equal protection. On that note, the White House is threatening the patents of high-priced drugs developed with taxpayer dollars. Um, so one of the big things we have is intellectual property rights. You know, we've got uh, private property. We've got our like the physical things we own, but there's intellectual property. And uh, so the Biden administration is putting pharmaceutical companies on notice, warning them that if the price of certain drugs is too high, the government might cancel their patent protection and allow rivals to make their own versions. So they'll just steal it and give it to your competitors. Under the plan announced Thursday, the government would consider overriding the patent for high-priced drugs that have been developed with the help of taxpayer money and letting competitors make them in hopes of driving down the costs. Today. In hopes. In hopes. Right. Not a guarantee. It's like, hey, I mean, supply and demand, more supply, price goes down. But it doesn't, you know, like you give it, you take it from... Pfizer and give it to Moderna or whatever and give it to oh, who are the Oxy people? Um, the Sacklers. What's their company? Purdue. And you give it to all them. What if they all just go alright, instead of charging $700, let's charge six eighty. Right. Like We all agree? Cool. six eighty. dollars um, Today we're taking a very important step towards ending price gouging so you don't have to pay more for the medicine you need, he said. <laughs> uh, let's see. White House officials would not name drugs that might potentially be targeted. The government would consider seizing a patent if a drug is only available to a narrow set of consumers. According to the proposal, that would be open to public comment. Yeah, whatever. It's the latest health policy pitch from a White House gearing up to make its efforts to tackle drug prices a central theme. You know, and here's the thing. So they, they basically, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but they, uh, their basic logic is. <clears throat> taxpayer money went into the development of this. There's a lot of pharmaceuticals where the government apparently helps subsidize the cost of developing a drug, which I didn't know that. I always heard, you know, one reason to justify the high prices of a drug before it hits generic is the R&D costs involved. You know, you spend a billion dollars doing R&D to develop a whatever pill. Um, you know, you need to make your money back or you go out of business. So, while you have patent protections before it goes to generic, you price it wherever you can price it. Um, and then, you know, it gets a little cheaper with time and all that. And that makes sense. You know, of course, that's that's just fair. But if you're not expending that, if, like, if I'm paying for the development of it and then you're going to charge a whole bunch, like, you know, you can go to hell. Um, now, the government shouldn't be able to take your patent. But the problem is you're colluding with the government. And so if you're if you're going to collude with the government and they're going to be your business partners in it, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you have like a non-compete. Because uh, if you and I develop something together, right, um, there would surely be a contract where we said, all right, you know, this is a joint effort. All proceeds come from us. You can't sell it to anybody. I can't sell it for anybody. This is our baby, you know. And if you did go and give it to our competitors, you know, I'd sue you. But you're not the federal government, and you don't have the full force of the U.S. military behind you, you know? Um, so, like, I think it's they're the shadiest partner you could possibly have. Um, so if you're going to do business with criminals, um, like if you get involved with the mafia and the mafia steals your stuff, people don't say anything about it, you know? It's like, it's like oh, you got involved with the mafia for your restaurant, and now... Uh, they're stealing all your supplies out of the back door and they're going to set your restaurant on fire after it goes and like, they're going to charge up a bunch of lines of credit on you, set your thing on fire, collect the insurance money. And you go, well, you shouldn't got involved with the mafia. Well, that's the U.S. government. It's just like they won't even try to pretend to be fair. And they're just like, apparently they're just going to take it. And they're going to give it to your competitors and they're going to do it for votes, not to help anybody. Because it said, you know. Gearing up to make its efforts to tackle drug prices a central theme in next year's re-election campaign. It's really that. They're going to take take all your stuff so that they can be in power for four more years. Not even forever. Just four years of power. And, like, this is something that I, I guess Biden thinks polls well? I mean, what does that sound like to you? Well, I mean, what immediately comes to mind is if I give it... If I do this and I allow competitors to take your patents, the competitors are going to put money in my pocket because I made that happen, you know? 
That's very true. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, you probably would. Well, yeah, the lobbyist for, as opposed to the pharmaceutical industry, it's like it would be the lobby for Pfizer specific or something like that. Um, but luckily, I think that's probably the only way that the government has been corrupt lately. I don't think there's been any other way. <laughs> so there's this report on theblaze.com. Uh, FBI abused its counterterrorism tools to target Catholic Americans and would continue doing so, but for a whistleblower. Congressional lawmakers released an interim report Monday titled The FBI's Breach of Religious Freedom, the Weaponization of Law Enforcement Against the Catholic Americans, uh, providing a glimpse into the lengths the FBI has gone to uh, to cast those conservative re- conservative religious beliefs as threats, apparently requiring state surveillance and mitigation. The new report from the House Judiciary Committee and its select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government indicated the FBI abused its counterterrorism tools to target Catholic Americans as potential domestic terrorists. It relied on at least one undercover agent to develop its assessment. It proposed developing sources among the Catholic clergy and church leadership and would likely still be violating the the religious liberties of millions of Catholic Americans were it not for this one special agent, Kyle Serafin's disclosure. So basically they were... um, they were looking into the suspicion of conservative Catholics after, uh, or the subcommittee started looking into it after this dude blew the whistle. Um, but basically, basically there was like one guy who um, was a nutter, right? So they had this one nut guy who was just like, I'm going to do something horrible. I forget what he was going to do. Um, and he was like, he considered himself a radical traditional Catholic. Okay. And so, according to this report, they took, um, yeah, the pretext for the anti-Catholic initiative appears to have been the self-identification of a single parishioner under investigation as a radical traditionalist Catholic. Agents reportedly interviewed the parishioner's priest and the choir director. <laughs> <laughs> How does he sing? Is he, what, is it like a baritone? What is he? Is he good? <laughs> Hits the notes? Oh. Uh, da, 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 da. Director related to his church while developing the memo. While FBI employees reportedly could not define the radical traditionalist Catholic descriptor, the phantom danger nevertheless became the meat of an FBI-wide memo concerning the alleged dangers of radical Catholics. So basically, um, they have spent a lot of time um, investigating the Catholic Church and Catholics in general um, because they think that'll be the next source for domestic terrorism. Though they've pulled up exactly bubkis for evidence. They've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. But they've been like sending undercover agents into Catholic churches. They've been like watching them. So it's a Fugazi? They're just chasing nothing? They're chasing nothing. But they're just, it's, yeah, they're chasing nothing. But it's like, um, I don't know. It makes you think that they're going to do the Muslim thing. Where it's just like, I don't know. You watch it for a while and then you figure out how to make them a terrorist, you know? And then maybe you get uh, you you wait till you find your one nutter, and you go, hey, you gonna blow something up, you know? And then eventually he's just like, all right, I'll blow something up. And you're like, boom, gotcha, gotcha yeah, yeah, terrorists. Um, let's see, yeah, they failed to consider. Oh, oh, this is part possibly the worst part. So Salon recently. Uh, evidenced its skew by advancing the claim that MAGA and Christian nationalism constitutes a greater threat than Hamas could ever be. The Southern Poverty Law Center has claimed that RTCs, which is the Radical Traditionalist Catholics, may make up the largest single group of serious anti-Semites in America. I mean, Jesus was king of the Jews, right? Is that That's his nickname, what? right? It's <laughs> the biggest reach ever. Is, your, is Kelly Catholic? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think she's an anti-Semite. I've been thinking about it a long time. Most likely. Most likely. Um, but yeah, so that was part of their open source uh, uh, data was the Southern Poverty Law Center, Salon, and the Atlantic. They read articles on, like we do, and they go, hmm, well, Salon and the Atlantic and the Southern Poverty Law Center says like traditional Catholics are going to be terrorists. So and the FBI, that's enough for us. And that, so they've just been like investigating them and uh, 
Yeah, that's using our tax dollars for it. They're just they're justifying their jobs. This is ridiculous. It does seem like they have nothing better to do. Like we uh, we talked last week about the air marshals that were like picking up Uber Eats orders, which doesn't make sense because Uber Eats delivers to you. I don't know why they were running to pick up food orders for Uber Eats. And were they getting paid as an Uber driver? I mean, you can order pickup on Uber. Well, I guess that's true. But why would... Yeah. But just get it brought to the border. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> enter location. Yeah, enter location. Top secret. <laughs> They're like, no, nah, we don't need to... We're not going to pay $12 to an Uber driver. We have air marshals to run our errands for us. <laughs> well, yeah, our air marshals have nothing to do. FBI's got nothing to do. And it's just, uh, they're like, all right, well, Catholics, we're going to look into them. It's like, what do you think about all the people coming over the border? They go, yeah, it's fine. Did you see all the the Chinese nationals? Mm -mm. I didn't pull this up, but uh, last week, I think it was, they took this picture and it was like 20 or 40. It was some crazy number like that of like 20 something male Chinese citizens that like they all came over the southern border like here we are and they're just like oh what are you doing here like oh you know sanctuary or whatever it's like okay hey like china south america through mexico and here you are through the southern border like i'm not the biggest like border hawk guy like i do think it's appropriate for a country to have control of their borders um I think you should allow the free flow of like goods and labor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, when you come on this side of the imaginary line, um, we got laws and on that side of the imaginary line, there's different laws, you know? So when you're here, follow these rules. Um, but, you know, but so yeah, I'm, I'm not too wacky about it, but it, it is crazy because you go, Oh, Venezuelans, you go, damn, they came a long way. And like, they didn't want to stop anywhere else, you know? And uh, be like, oh, I'm gonna stop here in, uh, oh, I don't know, El, Sal- El Salvador or uh, Belize. Belize would be nice. Um, but like, no, we gotta get all the way to America. That's like, oh, that's crazy. But now it's like Chinese citizens, like they really had to go out of their way to just not fly to LaGuardia, you know, or to California. Because like you would think, if you're Chinese and you wanted to get across the ocean. So you could get to America, you would just fly to America. So it is not ideal that they're coming through the southern border and like some like the Arab nations and all that, just because it's like you had to fly here. You had to fly here. And yet, instead of just coming in, you're sneaking in through the south. Like, I don't know what it means, but it's suspect. I mean, it's more suspect than extreme Catholics. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It is. Um, so now, so when you hear like Vivek Ramaswamy talk about firing all the FBI, like it just sounds so good to me. Just so good. I know he's not going to win. And people, people. Do, oh, did you? I actually wanted to bring this up. Did you watch any of the Republican debate? I only saw the clips of yeah. him trolling Chris Christie, which was fantastic. <laughs> he went after Nikki Haley a lot too. I, I people in the, like the conservative sphere, a big chunk of them do not like Vivek, and he entertains me to no end. And like they're like, oh, he's smug and he's this and he's that, and it's like, yeah, but y'all are all assholes. <laughs> like he gets he ruffles their feathers so well. Oh, well, um, but yeah, this this debate, apparently no one saw it because like they said, the uh, ratings were down like 40% because it's on News Nation. Are you yeah. aware of News Nation? Nope. I yeah, I don't they I think something else was there, but like I forget who I think Chris Cuomo might be on it. Hmm. And I think Megan Kelly was the moderator. I don't know if she's on News Nation, but there, it, there's like a hodgepodge of like former cable news people on News Nation. I'm not sure if it's right wing or left wing. I don't even know. I know nothing about News Nation. I think it used to be something weird like WGN or something like that. Mm. 
I think I looked it up one time. I'm like, what is News Nation? It was, it was like, oh, it used to be something, something like a WGN type thing. Um, anyway, uh, so no one watched it. But uh, Megyn Kelly uh, did a great job of moderating the debate because um, at some point they would start like bickering and me, 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 yelling at each other. And she was just like, hey, no one can hear you. And they're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they go, I'm a, you go, and then you go. I don't know, she did a great job. Like, because uh, a couple debates ago, it was just so, actually, a couple, I didn't see the last one. I think I forgot it existed. This one I missed the first hour of. And I was like, oh, all right, let me turn it on. Um, but no, she kept it like flowing and all that. Chris Christie got to be Chris Christie, just a blowhard talking smack. Uh, he was going at, it's weird. He Chris Christie says he's there to take out Trump, right? Like that's like his whole thing is he's like the tough guy that's going to take out the bully. Um, but yet he spends a lot of time attacking like DeSantis and of course Vivek because like he does not like Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, but you would think like if your goal is to kneecap Trump, you'd be trying to lift up like DeSantis or Haley, one of those two, you know. And he kind of he kind of favors Haley. I think maybe that's his goal right now is going the Haley route. Um, cause like, uh, but he's such a blowhard. Like, you know, Vivek, I, you insulted her intelligence and, blah, blah, blah. and so like he, at some point, Ramaswamy wrote Nikki equals corrupt. <laughs> and so he's talking, he just lifts it up. And I know like some people are like, that's so childish and everything else. But I saw, I was like, I love it. I love it. Because he was talking about how, like, you know, all the money she gets from uh, Boeing or she got from being on the board of Boeing afterwards. Like, she's part of the military industrial complex. And, like, he's like, she can't even name the provinces that she wants to bomb, and, which I thought was great. I guess, I don't know, a lot of, uh, I've heard some Republican types say that, oh, well, that's stupid, you know, like saying, oh, you can't name every capital, you can't name every city and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know. There's atlases and stuff, but it's like, but I think it's a fair point that if you're talking about like bombing, going to war, you need to be familiar with the region, you know, like what we just going to go in, just shooting, like screw these guys, pew, 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 you know, um, which I mean, traditionally speaking is how we do it, but I think it's a fair critique to say we shouldn't do it that way. Um, but no, I think, um, uh, I think that debate, I think DeSantis actually came out uh, the winner of it because um, it was the first time that Haley really had to get attacked because um, like she, you know, she was gone. She was kind of on the offensive and uh, she'd play the victim card sometime or, oh, you need a woman and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, she came out real good. You know, like Vivek tried to attack her like in the last one and it didn't really go well. But this time, like a lot of she caught a lot of flack. And I don't know that she stood up well to it. Um, you know, there's something like when Vivek did the corruption thing and like tore into her. Like, do you want time to respond? She's like, I don't need to respond to that. And I thought that probably went over well with her base. But I don't know that it grew her at all. And, you know, once again, Trump's leading these people by so many points. It almost doesn't matter, you know. So I, like, I don't see how Trump doesn't become the nominee just because his numbers stay good. Like he's doing the Biden tactic um, where he's like hiding in the basement and just doing fine. Um, one of the kind of splashy moments was uh, Chris Christie. Well, Megan Kelly asked DeSantis if he thought um, Trump uh, had all his faculties basically and, and was uh, coherent enough to be president and DeSantis kind of danced around it a lot. And he was like, you know, Father Time is undefeated, was his line. He's like, Father Time is undefeated. He's like, I just feel like we should have someone who's president that's going to be alive to see the results of these things, you know, these two 80 year olds. And like, he, but he wouldn't say yes or no. He didn't say Trump isn't, um, isn't, uh, doesn't have his faculties, uh, isn't capable. But he wouldn't say he is either. You know, he's just like, look, he's like, he right, he's fine. Look, I'm not saying right now. He's like, but you know, four years from now, um, I got like a loose hair that keeps tickling my forehead. Um, but he's like, you know, four years from now, who knows? And uh, Chris Christie called him. He's like, look at him, not answer. Look at him, not answer. And this is blah 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 blah. And uh, you would think 
once again, Chris Christie should be going after Trump in that moment, not DeSantis. If the goal is to take out Trump, um, anyway, I would say that was probably DeSantis's worst worst moment. But I think he walked away with that as as a solid winner because he he did a good job. He didn't have his weird smile thing going like he did with Newsom. I think luckily whoever was watching it probably his wife. Um, his his wife's apparently very savvy uh, when he was running for governor. The uh, commercial where he uh, was like, and then Trump said, build the wall. I guess that was her call. Like she came up with that and she came up with something else for her, for his reelection thing. So she's, she's politically very savvy and uh, maybe just in general, very savvy. Um, but yeah, somebody told him to stop doing that smiling crap, which is good. I, I mean, it's probably not going to be enough, but, but it was better. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think we're going to be stuck with the 80 versus 80. And uh, you know what? Let's go ahead before we get to something else corruption. I'm going to jump to my thing at the end. Because speaking of the 80-year-olds, Alex Jones was recently on Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson on X. Which is funny. Every time someone says on X, I always think about ecstasy. <laughs> so it's like Tucker Carlson on X. He's just sitting there like oh, this leather. Oh, chair feels so good. <laughs> ah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Alex Jones tells Tucker Carlson that President Biden walks around the White House naked, drugged on amphetamines and benzos. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, did you see the poll? Um, so Elon Musk did a poll again. Should Alex Jones be reinstated on Twitter? And he he's done this before. He did it with Trump. He's done it with a few people. He, he says, uh, "Was it Vox Populi or whatever?" Basically, you know, he'll adhere to the vote. You know, um, and it ended today with a seventy percent saying yes. So I think Alex Jones is about to be on X, <laughs> <laughs> ripping his shirt off. <laughs> oh, good man. Um. Let's see. So on Thursday, Tucker Carlson broadcast an interview with disgraced conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, in which Jones claimed that President Joe Biden is drugged up on amphetamines and wanders the White House naked and lost in the middle of the night. Carlson, uh, who cares? Yeah, he's been interviewing people. Thursday, he spoke to Jones, who's still fighting a lawsuit about Sandy Hook. Hold on. Let's see. I don't care about any of you. Jones said... He wanders around for the entire two and a half years, naked in the White House, in the middle of the night, and doesn't know who he is. They have to give him a bunch of drugs, a bunch of amphetamines in the morning, <clears throat> and then they drug him at night. Sometimes he'll be out for the morning for a while, then come back at night for a ball. For a ball. <coughs> that hurts me doing that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's when there's a real problem. Hold on one second. <coughs> I really tore up my throat doing that. I was already a little dehydrated this morning. And Carlson says, he is on drugs. I've established that. <laughs> it's my Carlson. You like it? I know someone who witnessed it. I'm not guessing at this. I know someone who personally who witnessed him taking amphetamines. And this was during the 2020 election. You know, told Carlson, you know, that's huge. I know you don't play games. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> Jones, who made a career by shouting about a wicked Jewish mafia and Muslim terrorists in their midst, claiming to have uncovered Satanist globalist plot to impose new world order. You know, I am not on the Alex Jones was right necessarily because he's he's been so crazy about so many things, but. <laughs> Excuse me. He was right about a lot of stuff. He's not completely inaccurate. No, he's not. He's, I think, like, he touches a lot of truth, and then he goes wild with it. He swings for the fences, you know? Like, But it is, it's one of those things, you know, when he talks about, like, a, an island that all the pedophiles go to and the government and all that, and then, like... um Oh, what's his face? Epstein. You know, you go, oh, shit, there was a pedophile island. And then even my favorite, <clears throat> my favorite line he's ever said in the history of everything is about fluoride. Turning the freaking frogs gay. And like, I love that. But it ends up the fluoride had caused frogs to switch genders. So it didn't make them gay. 
but it did switch their genders. Um, I think that was in some study uh, where they were uh, testing that. And it's just like, well, I mean, as hilarious as it was, it was hilarious when he rips his shirt open <laughs> and he sells his like bunk supplements and all that kind of stuff. That's full of God knows what. Um, but he does, but he keeps touching on real stuff, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult because it's like you know the world is crazy. The world is crazy, and like during January six and some other stuff, like Alex Jones was there going like, "Don't do this, people! Come on, don't do it!" And it's like Alex Jones was the voice of. Re- That's the weirdest thing about the time we live in is the number of voices of reason. Um, some of the most reasonable people I've heard in the last year. In certain times, it's like Alex Jones, Little Wayne, Be Real, you know, and it's just one of these things where it's like, you know, Be Real's like 50 now or whatever. But, and like Little, like, like Wheezy, Little Wayne is like, nah, man, things are good. Like, I think everyone's making this race stuff too big and like everyone's just chill out. And like, but it's like, it's like, why? Why are these the reasonable voices? Like, they shouldn't be the reasonable voices. They should be the crazy or the wild, you know. Like, Be Real has a podcast where he makes you smoke weed beforehand, and then he makes you smoke so much weed. So much weed. Those are great rules. Yeah, it's called the hot, it's like hot box or something like that. And like, literally, like the whole time, they just, they just keep going and they just basically get everyone so stoned. And like, that's what he does for fun and and for money um, outside of dropping mad rhymes. I was listening to Cypress Hill the other day. I really like Cypress Hill. <clears throat> Me too. Yeah. I like uh, eventually once once this podcast hits the big time, I want to get old mugs. M- if mugs could make our theme music, that would make me so happy. That would be awesome. Yeah. Audio X <clears throat> exclusive. Um, anyway, so as if we were talking about old Presidente, so I figured there was really, I, I haven't finished all of the Alex Jones interview. He goes on, I noticed, like I was listening to it while I was working and at some point he just, he says so many words that it like, it all just becomes this like white noise to me. And I noticed, I was like, I don't even know what he's been saying for like the last five minutes. Just turned it off, you know, cause it's like. <laughs> like it just keeps going um all right hold on let's go to um let me see oops i'll come back to that there's been more fbi stuff but let's i want to talk about this here president of the university um to go to the youtube thing and let's give it a listen i actually let's hear some input from you mr charles this is university pen uh president getting grilled in congress at some point ms mcgill at pen does calling for the genocide of jews violate pen's rules or code of conduct yes or no If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. Yes, Ms. McGill. Ms. McGill? So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the speech becomes, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? (laughs) The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. 
You don't know. This is how I peed out fat in just one. <laughs> <My God. laughs> Make it bowl. stop. Make it stop. <laughs> this is how I peed out fat. <laughs> what a way to end a video. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Well, outside of peeing out fat, Charlie. So, University of Penn, what, how do you feel about her answers there? Uh, you as a chosen person of Israel. Um, well, I mean, clearly somebody's trying to avoid saying what they truly feel. I mean, you could tell by her smile that she's like, okay, if I, if I answer this how I should, I condemn my whoever this, the, the relationship. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you, do you think her answers were? Bad or oh yeah, I mean with, it's kind of obvious. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's not anti-Semitism until you commit genocide. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so and on the surface, I agree, but let me now pose it this way, right? So you know how we've been talking about how like any criticism of Israel's been called like anti-Semitism, right? All right, so um, uh, the the chant you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Um, Palestinian defenders say that's not a chant for genocide. That's a chant saying, you know, they will be free throughout the land. You know, they will not. It's just about them being free. Um, and then people that are not as friendly to Palestine or at least that, you know, more Israel centric will say, no, that, that, that call means you remove all Jews between the river and the sea. That is a call for genocide. So, um, in that, I know I've heard, um, whether it's like Ben Shapiro or something like that, a number of things that have been, um, said to be a call for genocide. So it's like, all right, so if kids on a college campus say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Is that a call for genocide that should get people expelled from school? No, I mean, on the surface, I mean, do they themselves understand what they're saying? And is their intention of its use different than somebody else's? I mean, I mean, you, you get a bunch of 20, 20 year olds marching around a campus, chanting this thing, and then they do their protests and they go home. You know, wave Palestinian flags. Israel, you know, I mean, I guess I'm just the kind of person that's like, unless you're telling me that you're going to kill all Jews, then I. I'm not going to take you seriously <laughs> until you say that. You right. know? Yeah. Well, then that's kind of my thing. Cause you, you listen to it and, uh, and definitely, in um, the conservative verse, uh, people are like, this is ridiculous. Obviously, if you call for the genocide, that's, you can't call for Like calling for murder is not something you do. That should be against the rules. You're like, yeah, but, when you call everything a call for gen or not everything, but it's like the, like the racism charge or, um, fascist, you know, where you go, Oh, do you like, should you, should you let fascists in this building? You go, well, no, I don't like fascists. Then it's like, well, define fascism. It's like, it's like, I don't know. You want lower taxes. It's like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's fascism. And it's just like, cause it's like, all right, the words are getting, the definitions are getting very broad here, you know? And that, and that's my weird part. We're like, you know, she goes, well, you know, if it's directed at somebody, if someone's like directing it at a person, that's harassment. If it's uh, leading to action, that's harassment. Um, I think I think it is a difficult position in that um, you go, well, obviously, no, you can't call for genocide. They go, OK, well, here's all these kids saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And you go, and then you have to go, well, that's not a call for genocide. Oh, it's not a call for genocide. Um, so like, I don't know. That's, that's sort of how I feel on the matter. Like, I don't know. Is that reasonable? You think? Yeah. I mean, it's just a continuation of everyone finding everything wrong with everything. Mm. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> everyone finds everything wrong with everything. Well, and so, you know, you look at, I saw someone doing a Twitter poll. Do you think she should be fired for her answers? And Congress? it's like, no, like she's president. She has a lot of, uh, and I think I always lean towards freedom of speech. Like, I know your college, you're going to have rules. Any organization is going to have rules. And you can't have someone out there being like, 
you know, kill the Jews, hang the blacks, and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you can rule against that. Like, that's very reasonable. Um, but, like, this just felt like a, a, you know, a setup, you know? Like, once again, like, did you tell anyone you beat your wife type thing? Uh, two weeks in a row, I got to pull that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wealthy donor pulls gift worth $100 million from University of Pennsylvania after President Defense... <laughs> After president defends anti-Semitism in Congress. So this is the blaze, um, which that headline alone, I kind of disagree. I, hearing that, I did not hear in, uh, the president defending anti-Semitism. No. Did, right? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. University of Pennsylvania will lose out on a massive donation with $100 million after the university president made a bizarre defense of anti-Semitism. She didn't. Um Blah, blah, blah. She testified in Congress on Tuesday about what college officials were doing about calls for violence against Jews. Um, which, by the way, like I saw an article about how, like, in certain areas, like, Jewish people are afraid to put up their menorahs and stuff for Hanukkah. It's understandable. Yeah, I know. Well, that's. Um, and I guess, like, in Manhattan. It's tough like, if you have mezuzahs in your doorway, though, because they have to be permanent. Yeah, yeah. Your front door, at least. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. All doors, but your front door is visible to everyone. And why are they cockeyed? Like, why are they slanted? Are they always slanted? I can't remember the reason why they're slanted. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember either. I remember there is a reason. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's a good point, too. I wonder if people are keeping, keeping them up. Um, I don't know. In St. Pete, have you seen anything in St. Pete that's been... Yeah, me neither. St. Pete seems pretty chill. I don't know. Um, all right. But let's see. So Ross Stevens, founder and CEO of Stone Ridge Asset Management, told the university in a letter Thursday that he was pulling his massive donation and specifically cited the testimony about anti-Semitism. Mr. Stevens and Stone Ridge are appalled by the university's stance on anti-Semitism on campus. It's permissive. It's permissive approach to hate speech, calling for violence against Jews and laissez-faire attitude towards harassment and discrimination against Jewish students. Would violate any policies of rule. Would violate any policies of rules that prohibit harassment, discrimination based on religion. Da, 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 da. She tried to explain her comments in the video on social media. There was a moment at yesterday's hearing on anti-Semitism where I was asked if the call for genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's long-standing policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which says that speech alone is not punishable. I assume this is what she sounds like, even though we just heard her. <laughs> I was not focused on what I should have been, the irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. Yeah, genocide's not good. <laughs> like, I think that's fair. Um... So first, uh, the university defended Magill when it was criticized uh, when it was criticized for students calling for an intifada. Did that really happen? Okay, the university has taken a clear and comprehensive action to prevent, address, and respond to anti-Semitism. An action plan, da 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 da, and whatever she says it's vile. But oh, maybe this is a different thing. Um, she stepped down. She, she submitted what? Her, yeah, I thought it was in this article, but I guess not. After they lost this uh, donation and everything else, like, it's just she's getting so much heat. She she resigned. Like, that that interaction cost her her job. Which, like... I mean, I cut... So she said she was just defending the rights for free speech, and that's how I kind of felt she was. Although what she said after the fact, she should have said while there to make sure there were no... Yeah, well, and questions yeah. about what her intentions. Well, were. that's a problem with these congressional hearings, though, is they're all bullshit. It's about getting, it's about as a representative getting famous, especially because, like, you know who that was asking her questions? I have no idea, but I bet you in some circles that woman is now well known. You know, it's like, oh, Congressman, whoever the hell, like, she's going to fundraise like crazy. Yeah, she was very direct, and I mean, it was. It was a takedown. Like if she's not, if if she wasn't a prosecutor before this, then she missed her calling. Because like, I mean, that was it was. Uh, even though I think the what the president said was reasonable, especially considering the environment she was in. 
I mean, it was a takedown. You got you got eviscerated. You know, she got like totally eviscerated by that woman. Um, but like, that's the thing. Like, congressional hearings are not about truth or answers. Um, even the ones that we like, oh, against the weaponization of the federal government, they normally don't do anything. But they give people screen time, and uh, you know. We'll see. Maybe Hunter Biden goes to jail. Maybe the FBI gets shut down. Maybe people get held accountable for their actions. But I mean, when has that happened? It's like hoping the drug prices will go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only drug prices that go down are the illegal ones, you know, because the war on drugs has been working. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. It's such a dishonest venue um that like i don't know it's hard and like have you ever been into a, in a like a deposition no it's uh a deposition like well maybe not so much but an arbitrate any sort of court thing um it's really weird because people will ask you a question and you answer but then someone asks you a question and you know you can you feel them leading you you know where it's going and you go well i know the answer to this but I know that the answer is about to be twisted on me. So then you go, how do I not give them the fuel to like twist this against me? And, and you end up coming across dishonest because, you know, it'll, you know, have you ever done this? Or, you know, it'll be some question. And, and you just go like, shit, that sounds a lot. That's, you know, it's like, um, yeah, have you ever uh, been physical with your child? And it's like, you know, you go, well, we used to do jujitsu together. So, I mean, yeah, we wrestle and stuff like that. So, you go, I mean, yeah, I've been physical. Oh, okay. And so, how often has that resulted in injury? They go, I don't don't think ever. It's like, did you not go to the emergency room when your child was five uh, for an arm out of socket? You go, I mean, but that that was different. And, you know, and suddenly it's like this whole thing. The kid uh, held onto my thumbs after after he brushes teeth. I pick him up. He grab my thumbs. I go like that. So one time, it oh. popped outside. Oh, luckily, luckily the ER was so crowded. By the time before we got called, I accidentally popped it back into the socket. They had little video games at pay for understanding Anthony's. I forget which one. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'll take him over there to tap the thingy. So I was holding him, you know, like he was laying down on my chest, you know. And so I went to stand up like that. And when I did, it popped his shoulder back into place. And like he screamed like real loud for about one second. We get over the video game. And all of a sudden, his arm that was hurt so bad, he starts going. Ding, 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 ding. I was just like, yeah, he's okay. You know, like Sally used to get her arm dislocated every few months, you know. So anyway, all that, like it's, it's one of those things you feel yourself being led. And so you start like shucking and jiving to be like, no, I'm not giving you the win on this one. And uh, I think that's kind of what happened with this lady. Um, but it's, um, I don't know. I'm, this whole thing is feeling more and more like silencing people, you know? Like I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting concerned, you know? Cause like, I think obviously it's really weird and people are getting really hard in, in their camp. Um, whether it's like, palestinian camp or israel camp or whatever um because like we know we know hamas lies constantly we know that they show dead bodies from the past and say they're new dead bodies we know they put living people in body bags and say they're dead we know that they like we know that they lie if they're a lot of times if they're talking they're lying you know hamas and then but israel we know they've not been the most truthful and they've not been the most friendly with Palestine. And like, you know, when we first were talking about uh, October 7th, October 6th, what was it? October 7th, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, we're looking into it. They're like, hey, this is uh, in response to uh, what they were doing at that mosque, you know, and like that one like elected lawmaker was like, come on, let's go in this mosque and basically like F them up, you know, let's, you know, do Jewish prayers, and all this stuff. And you go, well, that is pretty messed up and then like especially with soldiers with you and all that kind of stuff and so it's just like these people that like just dig down in these camps where it's like no like israel's the devil no hamas is the devil and it's just like 
there's so much gray in this one where it's like no one is well behaved in this conflict and like or honest yes or honest <laughs> and it makes it impossible and like Ah, you can't complain. And like, yeah, what they did on October seventh was horrendous. You know, like that was horrendous. And like, but like responding by waving Nazi flags and calling for gassing of all the Jews. It's like, what? How is that okay? Like, what? What? What world have we stepped into where it's like that's the reasonable position? And you go, oh, don't worry about that. That's just a couple weirdos. It's like I don't know. It seems to happen a lot right now. Um, I don't know. It's. It's a weird time. Well, looking at it, I think that's going to do it. Yeah, because uh, we got some football to watch, Charlie. Buccaneers are about to kick off. Uh, UCF made it to a bowl game in spite of their mediocre season, where they still almost beat Oklahoma. Um, so I'm going to do that against Georgia Tech. So go with the, the Drennans and root against them. So anyway, uh, like us, follow us. We're on all the things. Find us, loadedtalk.com for all the things. Uh, until next week, what you got, Charlie? Uh, try and be reasonable, planet Earth. This is ridiculous. You can beg all you want. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. Um.